Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm Andrea, or as most people call me, Anj. And this is Trendish. We'll be covering relationships, faith, leadership, health, and everything in between. I'll definitely troll. And I'll probably cry. And we're so glad you're here to witness the whole thing. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Hey, Anj. Hey, Jam. We took a week off. Yeah, well... It's been a lot in our world. Why'd we do that? (laughs) Because we tried to record and had nothing good to say. I mean, literally, we got 30 minutes in and I I couldn't tell you the direction we were going. (laughs) That is the one helpful thing about us. I don't think we're going to waste people's time. Like, if it's not worth... Don't waste mine. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to waste my time either. Wasn't worth it. Time is of the essence. We needed I don't to get have to, enough of it. Yeah, we needed to get to a better place. I needed to get to a better place you, in my you, heart. I did say we to give us... I appreciate just that. make it inclusive. But, but it's fine. I can take it. Yeah. <laughs> taking it on the chin. I just had to get it together. Well, I'm glad we took some time off. Only one week. Some time Lulls. off. It feels... That feels nice. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today? You know, I thought we could talk about comparison. It's an awesome topic. It's a <laughs> super loaded, light, loaded topic. Yeah, super light and narrow. Lots of directions we could really go. So point us in the direction, Jim. Do you struggle with comparison? You know, there's that, like, quote, <laughs> comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm. Is that what it is? Probably. It sounds good to me. It does sound good, and I think it's true. You know, for as much as I love quotes, I'm actually the worst at, like, memorizing them. You like, I can find them in my phone in a second, but if I'm trying to, like, re-quote it, I'm like, ah, oh, and then they said this, or something like that. You love a good leadership quote. You can memorize that, and it will never leave your brain. But anything else? Hmm. The Bible, I hope, sometimes I memorize, but even sometimes that I have to reference back, so. <laughs> yeah, I could I could quote a bit more of that. Ugh, my memorization's, I'm being memorization's bad. Honest. Um, do I struggle with comparison? I think I feel like everyone does at some point in their life. I don't know if I naturally struggle with it as much as um, some other people would. Are you look? Why are you looking at me like <laughs> because that? Because I'm talking to you. <laughs> There's uh, no one else in the room. I'm offended. What I actually thought of when I said that <laughs> was I don't know if it's like as natural for me to struggle with as it would like a four on the Enneagram, only because your your like what is it sin or whatever is like envy, which I would assume probably is hard with comparison. You know, now that you say it, <laughs> I can see where you're correlating that. So that's what I meant by some people. Yeah, you are in that oh, category. By some people, you <laughs> meant Jamie. That is actually what you meant. Fours. Probably other numbers too, but envy is the one, the specific thing I think of, which is, you know, part of the struggle. So before. like, tell me about a time that you really were struggling with it. Can you think of like a specific... Yeah. Season of life? Yeah. Probably one of the biggest ones was when I took over the director role in missions at ORU. Super, that is super clear time frame in my life, but that's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> the director, that director role, um, I was just coming off of like very influential very, leaders. Very. Um, like one who had been there for mm-hmm. eight years. I don't know. Like that's a long time in the history of a university very well liked very well liked very well respected mm-hmm. i mean um adored he'd be cringing if he heard oh, me yeah. talking about this right now but um one of the best people i know still i mean i adore him and admire him yeah. so like it's normal but it was it it was very hard to not compare myself in like 
not just always filtering through what would he do? Am I doing it wrong? Am I mm-hmm. doing it different? I did do a lot of stuff different. Mm-hmm. I led very different than him. Some ways I led the same, but a lot of ways I led different. And I literally think it was like two years of, it took like two years for me to stop comparing myself and like even my success off of the leadership before me um, and really dive deeper into just how I want to lead and what I want to do in that. So comparison in that like kind of leadership role was probably actually one of the harder ones that I've had. Do you think part of that is just you're young and you're still trying to figure out your style of leadership? Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't like sign up for that role. Like I just woke up one morning and then I was told you're taking this. So it's not like I was like, prepare okay uh-huh. well I hope in my well, life you were. I was preparing. you've been preparing to be a leader <laughs> since we were reading leadership books in high school uh-huh <laughs> but I didn't I, I I wasn't like overcome with this vision of how I would lead and the direction we were going to go for we were in the middle of a school year like that was already set for me mm-hmm. so part of the comparison was getting out of what was already set for me in the middle of a school year now trying to shift and change um but I do think for sure another part I mean I was very young I think I was mm-hmm. like 22 or 23 sending 45 or 50 teams at the time across the world that is scary young yeah I mean so and then I'm seeing and then the person who was like a few directors before me he was older and he had a lot more experience so it was really hard to think I was qualified because Mm -hmm. I lacked so much of the experience he had like yeah. I couldn't even remember our contacts' names for the whole first year. Who belonged to who? Uh-huh. Yeah. What email is this? I had asked my student workers, like, do so we is send this teams contact? to yeah. Do they go to Like, that China? just doesn't set you up for success, having asked your student leaders what you normally uh-huh. do. Like, yeah. You just, yeah. you really have to find a deep sense of confidence after coming out of a year like that. So I think the young part probably set me up for a little bit of, like, comparison for sure. But I also just think the insecurity of like, I didn't, I didn't feel like a leader probably for the first six months. So I had to push myself to step into that role, um, especially when I realized that I, I didn't really feel that to begin with. That's interesting. Like what at that six month mark, like what shifted in, in you knowing then that I actually am a leader? Like, was there, can you remember like a, a time where it was like, oh yeah, I am walking in this and I'm confident in it. It wasn't, wasn't because I felt confident or that I was walking in it. <laughs> I realized, okay, you are the leader because I didn't like what was happening. I didn't like some of the culture that I was seeing. I didn't like, I don't even, some some references. I didn't like even the way like our inner team, I thought there were ways we could be communicating a lot better. And I think it was seeing all of those problems that mm-hmm. actually finally made me realize like, you have more of a role than just sending teams out. You have more of a role than mm-hmm. just being able to tell a student worker who a contact is. You have more of a role than I don't, than making sure that, I don't know, money gets where it's supposed to be. Like, I think there was, a, in that six months, there was a shift from me trying to be in charge to me understanding that I'm influencing mm-hmm. outside of just being in charge and figuring out what needed to happen. So... I think it was when I realized I don't know that the influence is really what I want to be happening here that I changed, that I really stepped in more in that way. Mm-hmm. And that was painful because my team was used to me leading a yeah. different way. Yeah. They were used to me leading like the leaders before it's me. confusing. Which is what I was trying to do. Uh-huh. And that is so not me. Like, oh my gosh, it was not me. Um, and so it was painful for me. It was painful for them. But then to make the switch, I just had to sit some of them, some of them down and like really clearly say 
these specific mm-hmm. things have been happening. I want them to not happen. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to happen. Like, that is so easy and cute, said and done, mm-hmm. to sit in the meeting and, like, look them in the eye and say that and not think to yourself, like, I hope they know they're not doing a bad job. I hope they know mm-hmm. this isn't why I'm doing that. That's Those are the kind of things, like, leadership books aren't going to teach you. You just have to step in and do it. Ugh, yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah, it's very painful. <laughs> it's painful. That's probably one of my most painful times. <laughs> have you seen others do that? Like, walk in that like comparison and it's just like all over them oh yeah Hmm. i i'm humbled because i asked that question not thinking about me but now i'm thinking about me i i wasn't thinking about you when i said oh yeah (laughs) i don't like necessarily lead you no i mean i work with uh, really honestly with missions and outreach hundreds of student workers student leaders i should say and so when I say that, I really just mean at large. I think as a young 20-something... In college. 80% of yeah. them are walking in, like, this comparison. I'm just trying to do everything right, or I'm just trying to do everything different, or I'm just mm-hmm. trying to do everything well, or I'm just trying to do everything perfect. I don't know. I think there's different comparison they all struggle with, but absolutely. I feel like, unfortunately, that's, like, a default as a young leader is almost comparison. I wonder if it is something that you can not walk through at that age. Like, I just, I just wonder if it's, like, not a thing that, I don't, I don't know, maybe it is a thing mm-hmm. specifically, not specifically at ORU, but it could be heightened just because of the culture there, but that, well, that age is just so impressionable. In my experience, I don't know if this is completely true, but in my experience, the only cure for comparison is solidified identity, and that's it. And I just don't know I'm thinking that... about Nicole. Just talking about identity. Nicole, which, which Nicole? Jurgen. You're whispering, but everybody can still hear that. <laughs> you know, that was like her literal soapbox for years. Was it? Oh, yeah. She's going to listen to this, and she's going <laughs> to She'll text us. Well, Nicole, I'm right there with you, girl. Um, but it is, and that's why I think young leaders will inherit. I don't know if they cannot struggle with comparison, because I don't know, especially, I'm speaking more in like the Christian world, but... Definitely in the Christian world, I don't think they're rooted enough in their identity of just who they are supposed to be because they don't even know who they are yet. Right. And until you can root yourself in that, I really think there's a level, whether or not you say it or know it, I think there's a level of comparison. So for me, the biggest shift in that outside of realizing, okay, you are leading people and you have to do this, mm-hmm. is also what what am I rooting myself even in? And I, honestly, a lot of it was like a lack of identity. Um, I think over different things that were even said and spoken to me, and I let myself slip into a false identity there. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially once I finally started changing that into more of a healthy mindset, that was one of the best cures for that comparison struggle. I think it's that topic of identity specifically at that age, it just feels like, and I mean, I'm obviously, I haven't lived my whole life, but it just seems like the older I get, the more it's like you just hold it so loosely, like you do shift in different seasons but Mm -hmm. you know you still keep that core of who you are but I just think again we keep talking about the age of like college and it's just like it is the most impressionable and Mm -hmm. then you leave college and it's like starting over kind of oh my gosh I don't think people realize that absolutely absolutely yeah a huge a huge starting over you go from like the big fish Mm -hmm. in a small pond to the smallest fish (laughs) In like the biggest a minnow. Pond. <laughs> a minnow. <laughs> you might not even be a minnow. You might are be you even, Are you even born yet? <laughs> um, and and that's hard because I think without realizing it, any kind of college student, their identity in that time is rooted in 
how well they're known at mm-hmm. school, how much influence they carry. I mean, what they're doing. Like, let's just be real about it. I don't think... I think if we fully knew what identity we're supposed to walk in, our lives would be, like, shorter because we'd probably fulfill what we're supposed to do in life way yeah. quicker. <laughs> yeah. Well, we spend our whole freaking life trying to figure it out. <laughs> so I feel like you finally reach your purpose when you're, like... 89. I just think God cares so much more about us understanding identity than he does about us just fulfilling something. and accomplishing all these, like, check boxes and lists yeah. we have for ourselves. But that's not measurable for people. So that's the no. very last thing you want to even do. It's hard do. to know you've you've reached that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... You don't. There's no, like, light bulb that goes off. You don't get a raise. I wish there was. You don't get a promotion. <laughs> I think this is also, like, we're saying, too, though this is something I learned in this season as well, is I used to think that identity kind of topic we're talking about was so seasonal. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, you set yourself, I'm like, oh man, I'm so just rooted in who I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and it's like, that'll stick. And maybe like every day, it just maybe by a little bit mm-hmm. shifts, but mm-hmm. not really. But then over time, it shifts nothing. You're like, oh man, okay, I'm like out of it. Now I got to get back in my identity. No, I don't think it works like that. I think it's like literally every day you have to reroute yourself in who you're supposed to be, the kind of leader you're supposed to be, the kind of wife, husband, mother you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because I think we, especially leaving college, you think still so seasonally, mm-hmm. like in semesters or mm-hmm. summers. Oh, it's so hard. You don't it get that up for failure. Yeah. I so, hate that. I mean, I watch college students all the time. They, like, start so fresh in, you know, fall. Oh, my gosh. Burn themselves into the they ground. They get new notebooks, new pens, <laughs> new planner. And by the end of it, they're, like, lucky if they bring a backpack. Yeah. In sweatpants. Uh-huh. Their hair up in a book. Yeah. I mean, I was that college student, too. Absolutely. But that's... Oh, yeah. That's why it's so hard to break out of this, like, what is daily rooting yourself look like? Because I don't think you do that as much in college. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to almost burn myself out from now till December. But then I'm going to refresh, basically take a month sabbatical. Yeah. Reset my whole yes. life, feel so good about it, and then run myself into the ground again from January to May. But then mm-hmm. I've got two months sabbatical, mm-hmm. resetting, mm-hmm. so free. And then I think we carry that. We graduate and then we carry that into our Well, we think it's going to be the same and it's not. No. You don't get that. You don't get you the don't, month sabbaticals no. anymore. You know, I wish I did <laughs> sometimes. But don't I, think get me wrong. I think it's really confusing then yeah. when you graduate and you're just like, wait, what? I don't I have a refresh to, time. I don't, well, not even that, but just like, I can't go at the pace I went at knowing that there's like no end in sight. Yes. Like I can't just run at 150% because there isn't a month on the horizon when I can crash. Like nope. I have to learn to like pull back and not give so much so that I can freaking sustain my life. Yep. Well, I feel but passionate I about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wow, learning. Welcome to the passionate train. <laughs> <laughs> But in order to not give so much, you have to know that your value isn't in giving. Yes. In doing. Come on. No one wants. Who wants to That's learn hard. that lesson? That is. That's hard. Hard. So they. So we don't. So we continue to just burn ourselves in the ground because mm-hmm. our value has to be in what we're doing. Because I have to see it. Mm-hmm. And look how valuable I was in college. That all came from doing, not from who I was. It was just from all the things I was doing. So, so we set up our lives like that. And college, I think, is a little... Can be. Not always. But I think it can be a contributor to that. Mm-hmm. I remember a time when you and I were in a conversation and I was feeling kind of burnt out. <laughs> Seemed to be were a regular you? occurrence. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't have anything to give you right now. And you were like, I didn't ask you to. And I was like, but I'm better when I'm giving something. And you were like, okay, but 
I'm not requiring that of you. And it was just like, really? <laughs> you can just take me as I am? To be clear, that's not how easy that conversation went. I had to, like, yell at her. I was like, I'm not asking anything of you. <laughs> and she was, I'm so glad it stuck out to you. But in the moment, she was still so stubborn. She's like, well, I mean, you have to. I'm like, why are you making this so hard? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just, it's just hard, okay? No, it is. But I, I just think it's, like, this narrative, especially in American or this Western culture that we, we create from, I don't know, age five. Like, this just... Oh, yeah. Your values and doing. Well, it's like now kids are starting to train for the Olympics when they're three. <laughs> you know, like it's, I saw a six-year-old with a like, six-pack the other if, day. <laughs> Literally had a six-pack. He's six. I was so impressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's healthy, but I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like if you aren't starting at age three, you're behind. <laughs> and it's like that is – I feel so bad for kids. Like mm-hmm. you're behind at age three. You didn't even have a chance. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm sure you're going to go through your life just comparing yourself to the next Joe Schmo next to you that's, you know, way ahead of you because they started when they were two. Yep. Yep. And I think we do that a lot. We look at people the same age and we look at the stats of them. Yep. Where do we, where do we measure up? Yep. And we didn't feel grace, we didn't feel the grace when we failed, so it's very hard for us to give people grace when they fail, and it's this just perpetual cycle, that then if you can't fail well, Mm -hmm. the only, again, the only thing I have to resort to is comparison. Right. Again. Right. Because, well, I could have done it better, like, this person, Mm -hmm. this leader didn't let me fail well, and that sounds funny, fail well, I hope they know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask you, like, what do you think that looks like? Failing well? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, being a leader and allowing someone to fail well, or just internally? I was thinking internally. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. I, internally, I do think some of it comes from, like, the freedom that, I guess I'm thinking in the workplace, you would have to have a leader who would allow you to. It would be mm-hmm. very hard to internally fail well, and then trying to go through all the healthy ways that you do that, but then mm-hmm. your leader's like, you know, I don't, next time you're fired, or why didn't you do this, or, like, that's just going to be a really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. But if we're taking that outside of it, and maybe just, like, looking at life as a whole, I think failing well, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, can you look back on things that you've failed and be like, I, I handled that well? Mm. You know, like, I can look back on things and be like, I did not handle that well. <laughs> internally not necessarily like at another person but like i think it's also important to say like you can fail fail well and also have anxiety (laughs) like i don't think i think where somebody could be misled is thinking like oh i didn't feel i didn't feel that internally so that must mean i i did it well like i i took that one well i don't feel anything internally so Okay. I mean, I don't know if I can relate to that. I hear what you're asking, though. I think, I don't know if there's a perfect, there can't be a perfect way to fail well in all these different things that we do. But I do think this, looking back on my life, the different things I've failed at, I think that there's times I've done it better or worse. The times that I think that it's been better is the times I've been the most authentic with myself, with people around me. Um, I think that the times that I did not fail as well, maybe I was a little bit more unhealthy in the failure, is when I let shame absorb that instead of just being authentic and transparent in, yeah, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. This is what I could do better. But I think some, 
I think inherently when we fail, shame might be the first thing to wrap us up mm-hmm. and say, see, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. See, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. See, you were never supposed to be here. You're never supposed to be in this role. And if I don't get that out or bring it to someone else or bring that authenticity somewhere, mm-hmm. I think it absorbs you. And it, it, even if you don't want it to, but um, I think it can. So I feel like shame and authenticity are maybe the negative and positive that could correlate with how to fail. Yeah, I definitely think it takes like some humility and some ownership and also perspective. Like I just had a moment the other day where I needed all three of those things and <laughs> it was hard, but like I think perspective for me is very helpful because mm-hmm. I mean anything that you fail in, it just it it magnifies Mm -hmm. and you think it's so much bigger than it actually is. And the more you can put it in, in perspective of the grand scheme of what you're working on, your role life, I think, I think it's helpful. Yeah. Otherwise it will kind of overtake you. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree. And the, the second we have a short resort to shame in that, in that time of failing is the second we blame and we can't own and we can't bring it to someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I think it just can be literally all consuming. Mm-hmm. Shame is kind of like a, a wildfire that grows really, really fast. Yeah. The second you let it breed, it just can take off in a million directions and you kind of didn't even know. Yeah. It would. And that's where I think, why I think authenticity is important in that, because I agree. I think you need perspective I also think there's times in life we cannot, we just don't have that perspective. And so being able to bring someone in on that and help mm-hmm. give you some mm-hmm. as well is like, oh, so important. Absolutely. We just want to do so much alone. Like, yeah. Yeah. well, we want community and all these big words we say, but then really we want to do half of our life alone because we're too shameful to bring others mm-hmm. into it. Or to think somebody else would want to. Yeah. Which is actually the opposite of community, but as long as we're surrounded by people, we aren't alone. Yep. Even if we don't let them in. Yep. Well, that's my soapbox. Could go on on that more, but I won't. You can. It's okay. I'll get us off topic. What are we talking about? Comparison? Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, in when we're talking about comparison specifically, it's like, I do this thing sometimes where I'm like, I'm this age. This person is this age. We're not at the same spot. Yeah. You know? We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. You, even you and I. Yeah. Um, we're in opposite spots. Yeah. Opposite spots. And, and we've talked about this briefly in previous episodes but like talking about like the societal like markers and how we will sometimes like compare oh we graduated college the next step is to get engaged to get married if you're in the south or midwest right. the next yeah. step is to get engaged yeah <laughs> and then it's to buy a house but and if you don't do those things it's like well there must be something wrong mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which i think you then just carry mm-hmm. i don't like to carry that Mm-hmm. But then even if you are hitting those milestones, that's what kills me is even people who are hitting those milestones still don't, the, they still compare themselves to something else, whether it's the opposite, like the friends mm-hmm. who are single mm-hmm. or compare themselves to like, oh my gosh, don't get me started on like working moms and stay at home moms, like the biggest comparison gap that is there. Mm-hmm. All the while forgetting we are all moms, like solidarity sister, whatever you do in our day to day changes, but we've 
all woken up with poop on our arm. Like, I don't know. I think there's a level that we all understand. <laughs> but comparison can just eat you so alive that suddenly, I don't even know if we have a lot of moms who listen to this. I don't know if I want to go in too much on it, but motherhood is such a time of comparison. Mm, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't look at the internet. No, you should <laughs> see the, like, the Facebook mom groups that I'm in. <laughs> Like, they're great, but, and actually, some of the ones I'm in are very positive. There's, like, there's very really very little, like, comparison that's on there. But there's other ones I've been in it that I'm, like, this sweet mom is just asking a question, and then somebody replies <laughs> with, like, I hope you know that this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen, and I'm, like, I, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think there's a way to help one another. Uh-huh. But there's also, again, just so much shame that comparison can bring. And now that mom is, like, comparing herself to all the other moms who do something different than they do. Mm -hmm. It's hard times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Life seasons. Married couples compare themselves. Single people compare themselves. The dating world compares themselves. We're going to talk about that. You're looking at me like you want to. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) I think you want to. (laughs) I don't really. I don't know. Nope. I mean, what, you're, you're asking me, but what, um, what category of all these life things do you struggle most with in comparison? Mm, I think it changes. I think there have been seasons where it was friendship. Mm. I think that's a big oh, one yeah, for me. One, yeah. Like, even in high school. I mean, even, no, even further back to, like, being in fifth grade. Yeah. You know, it's like, you hung out with this person on the weekend, and then you get to school the next day and they didn't get invited and it's just like well am i not as important Mm -hmm. is our friendship not as important or is it not as good i mean we're just like groomed to be this way Mm -hmm. like even with like myspace like top friends (laughs) you know it's like who we would literally change our top friends if we had a fight with someone like nope they're down to number two and it's like Wow, I would love to see a case study on that in the ways that it has just influenced. Yes, I really feel like it's like, oh, that was so bad. I just think that is just a horrible. So even thing. from a young age, we lived in this fear that I could be canceled. Yeah, that I could be rejected. Mm-hmm. That if I do this thing in this relationship, and then we wonder why we live in this society that's so shallow, mm-hmm. and that we can't be our true selves. We're like ten years old, being kicked off people's MySpaces because we were our true self. <laughs> we're not wanted. <laughs> Gosh, it's terrible. I know, it really isn't fun. No. So I think I <laughs> there have definitely been seasons where Friendship is Friendship was yeah. a big one. Um I think it, it looks a lot different for me now and I'm very grateful for it. I feel like I've definitely matured in a lot of ways in in my friendships and What's one of the biggest couldn't ways? thank the good Lord enough for that. <laughs> but like what? Like what are some ways that you think you've matured in that? I think I just feel a lot more secure in the friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't feel, I mean, high school and even junior high, like I remember, I mean, I went to a small school, so there was only like 50 of us. So there's always the pressure to be friends with everyone mm. and not have like any people that like, you just, you often had everybody there or people were left out. And so I remember going to college for the first time and feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't have to invite every single person to this because I don't want to deal with the drama of them not being invited. Mm-hmm. And well, we did, I did not live in that, but that's. <laughs> and so now, being out of school for years and knowing, like, I don't have to be 
close to every person. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the role I'm going to play. And I think I've, I'm just a lot more grateful for the deep relationships that I want to cultivate. And I don't have to feel sorry that that's not everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've just gotten a lot more secure in knowing, like, it's okay for me to to not feel guilty that I'm not having everybody at my house mm-hmm. every weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that and I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I think college can feel interesting in some ways because especially where we went to school, it was like, well, you're in a bubble. Yeah. And you even look at a person and people know about it. You talk, <laughs> you say hi to them and they're like, oh my gosh, they hung out last night. It's just like, <laughs> I don't like that kind well, of... yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't like that That's kind true. of um, attention. Yeah. And so it just almost then heightens what wasn't there to begin with. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, friendship was a big one. And then I think another one for me is the workplace. I just remember mm-hmm. like when I finished grad school and then moving to Nashville, it was like the jobs I was doing, I didn't even need a degree for. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of shame around that. And just like comparison of people that were the same age where I felt like so behind mm-hmm. because I decided to go back to school and so I didn't have the same work experience they did or even the things to put on a resume and so it was like embarrassing because I I felt behind and I had to work harder to pay my bills and it wasn't even for anything that I wanted to do yeah so yeah there's there's been a lot of shame even being well, I guess both of us are there now. Um, but even, like, graduating and then still working for the school you graduated with, mm-hmm. there were so many times I, I felt, like, compared to or discounted even because they're like, well, when you get in the real world, you'll know this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. What, what is sure. the real world? Yeah, but, like, so does me, like, birthing a child not put me in the real world? Does me not having mm-hmm. to navigate through lost friendships not put me in the real world me does me being a human not put me in the real world (laughs) like like having 10 fingers is only where i work a definition of what kind of real world i'm in like i've traveled the world Mm -hmm. in the same universe i'm still working with where i felt so much shame because i didn't get out of it like i literally feel like i lost friendships over that because there was so i felt i couldn't i could only feel shame like being in those rooms Mm mm-hmm and even the way that they would talk about it or bring it up, I was like, it was literally oh as God. if it was less. Yeah, but I'm like, I I wouldn't change it. Like I wouldn't go back and do anything like different mm-hmm. in that there were lessons I deeply needed to learn and people I deeply needed to know. Yeah, and if that happened at the school that I also happened to graduate from, awesome. If yeah. it didn't happen at the school where I was where I graduated from and I went somewhere else, awesome. also awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's just let everybody be on their own freaking journey. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget. I was talking to someone sometime shortly after I moved back here and they were asking where I was working. And I told them and they didn't say anything and they just like slowly nodded their head as they realized. And it was one of the most shameful moments yeah. of my life because I was like, got it. So you are judging me in this moment. And completely discounting me. Because I'm working back in my alma, alma mater. Alma mater? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, alma mater. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all mater. Yeah. What's sad is you won't take this out, so that's frustrating. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> Keeping us humble. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just, I think it was in that moment where I was like, got it. Not everybody will celebrate you in the way that you want them to. And people will always have an opinion about your life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's still hard for me because I, I care about the perception of how people see me. But yeah, I don't you say can't. that to say it wasn't hard. It was like it took me yeah. like three years. It's fin- very humbling. Of finally having to say like either I continue to force these friendships and mm-hmm. continue to feel shame and not even be fulfilled. I am fulfilled, but not allow myself to feel fulfilled in what I'm doing. Yeah. Or I find people who can celebrate me mm-hmm. in outside of where I work because it's literally one part of my whole life. Yeah. But who can celebrate me transitioning to a mom and mm-hmm. working at this place and being a wife mm-hmm. and a sister and a friend. Like, it, it's a hard choice to make. And I feel like it's one, like I just said, I think it literally took me three years to finally make that, like, mm-hmm. divide of I'm not going to keep feeling like I have to prove myself to you. I already do that enough to myself. Yes. If I feel like I have to already prove so many things to myself, why am I going to continue to surround myself with people who I have to feel like I have to prove more of myself to? Mm-hmm. Already an internal struggle. Don't need to make it an external struggle. That's an SOS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have gotten too candid on that. <laughs> oh, God. But it's humbling and it's so hard because yeah. you know that they're you know they're comparing even if you aren't so Mm -hmm. i guess what helps you when you find yourself in places that you know you're comparing a lot in the in like friendships like that or just in general i think in general i mean unless it's specific to friendship or if there's something specific to friendship to be perfectly honest and i feel like we should do a whole episode on this but there have been times in my life I could say all the all the cute things like oh my gosh I started working out and that really helped me clear my mm. mind and I stopped comparing myself and I, like read really good books and you know all mm. this stuff. self care totally baths and massages <laughs> I wait really cleared my head just a side note I saw a meme one time that was saying that um, baths are the night version of like coffee in the morning <laughs> and I said yes ma'am that is true. Coffee for me is the night version of coffee. <laughs> I don't understand you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I could, like, list off five cute things about how I've really found myself to stop comparing myself to others. The deeper thing that has worked the most is counseling. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I feel like I fought for three years to do all the things, like, trying in all my might mm-hmm. to not compare. But I just feel like comparison is always rooted so much deeper in narratives that you created about yourself from, mm-hmm. like you said, age five. Yeah. And so you can fight and you can, like, pretend like you are just the toughest kid on the block and Mm -hmm. nothing hurts you and nothing affects you, but we still know you go home at night thinking about it. And counseling for me was, I literally think, the one of the only things that got me out of this narrow-minded view that I can only do something one way and also opened my eyes to how many narratives I've Mm -hmm. created in myself Mm -hmm. that really no one's shaming me, but I'm shaming myself. Yes. And we want to blame culture and so many people around us. I mean, I even just jokingly did a little while ago, but like, really, I'm my worst shamer. Yes. And that's hard. We do play the biggest part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a cliche answer or not, but genuinely, even looking back on all the years, that has been the biggest thing that has helped. No, I don't think it's cliche at all. And I think it's kind of a accumulation of what we've already said. I mean, counseling is perspective. 
Yeah. You know, like, it is a perspective outside of everybody that you know and everything that you know saying, like, I need someone else to help point me in a different direction. Yeah. I've done all I can do here. I mean, how many times have you told me something that I'm just like, meh, whatever. Hundreds (laughs) of times. And then six months later, she'll come to me. I just am learning (laughs) this thing. And I'm like, and you wonder why I don't say anything to you, Jamie? (laughs) Why I just let you figure it out yourself? (laughs) I eventually get it. I mean, isn't that the point? Isn't that what we're trying to get? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing about counselors, too, though, is they're so outside of your circle. Mm -hmm. For me, like, I don't feel like I have to justify anything. I don't feel like I have to justify. I mean, I might give context because, again, they're so outside Uh of my circle. But, like, I just, I don't feel like I have to... I think it's the one, the first time in a long time I'd gotten to a safe space where I didn't feel like I had to justify or reframe something when you work for like a ministry or some kind of Christian organization, you were just constantly reframing things because you, because you do, I won't get into that, but I feel like it's because you do. And to get somebody like outside of a very different perspective, they don't care who you work for. Mm -hmm. They don't even care about your name. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they do. Counselors care for you deeply, but but your titles aren't wrapped yes, up in your counseling right. sessions. It's the one place that, one Healing. of the first places that I, it's the only place I could heal because it's the only place I wasn't wrapping myself up in a position or a title or a level of influencing yeah. or it was like the one space that I could just come to that unfortunately I didn't I didn't have anywhere else at the time. Yeah, so. like your healing is not dependent on your level of influence yeah. or position. Yep. Everybody is equally as open mm-hmm. to healing. Mm-hmm. And that's also where I would really encourage, you said friends, and that's why I want to say this about this. I feel like there's a lot of times in our life where we are deep in comparison. We might not be calling it that. We might mm-hmm. be calling it something else or a mm-hmm. different thing. But I think a lot of the struggles we might have might be rooted in comparison or even shame. And it is awesome to want to have community and it's awesome to want to have friends. But I do think there's such a divide where you should also be looking in and of yourself to determine, like, maybe need more community, sure, maybe need more friends, sure, but Mm -hmm. they can't heal me. Mm -hmm. I mean, communities and friendships have been so great to me. Families have been so great to me. But it was the inner work of a counselor helping me walk through me, Mm -hmm. me walk through my struggles in ways you couldn't do for me. Like, my husband can't even do for me. Mm -hmm. Again, different topic for a different day, but, like, your spouse isn't going to do that for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that there's like a point in your life where you should really look and decide, like, I think I might be looking to all these people to help me fulfill these things that are lacking in me. Yep. And there's only so much that they can do outside of the inner work that I need to do in me. Mm-hmm. And a friend can't, mm-hmm. or spouse or family member can't walk, be the one to walk you through that. It's not their role. No. So, so I did not go there, but counseling is important. <laughs> I agree. So check it out. <laughs> I agree enough to get a second degree in it. Yeah, I know. So I feel like every friend I have has a degree in counseling, in fact. And they still couldn't help me. That's a good point. So just to make a point here, literally all my closest friends have a counseling (laughs) degree. (laughs) And you still need the outside perspective. Mm -hmm. So Um, so get it. (laughs) Anything else that we should touch on with comparison? I feel like we went a lot of different directions. Mm Mm-hmm. Some good ones, though. I think we can summarize some good topics there. Don't sit alone in it. I think that's my main summary there. We both reiterated. Anything you would summarize here? No, I mean, I think it's it's so true. Like, you are your own person, 
and Mm -hmm. your journey is never going to look, my journey is never going to look like yours. Even if you and I both left school, got engaged, got married, bought a house, Mm -hmm. and had kids, the journeys would still not be the same. Yep. We would still have different levels of things to compare. Yeah, and I'd argue we would Mm -hmm. compare them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're doing it better than me. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you're sucking at it. Mm. And I'm not. And I'm mad. <laughs> or something. like. Or you look like you're doing it better than me just because you don't talk about it. Yeah. The only difference is you're talking about it and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Which probably would be the case. <laughs> <laughs> me talking and you just getting there two years later. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, nice doing business with you, Jim. Excellent doing business with you. Do you want to talk about what's trending? Yes. Yes, I wanted to go out on the note of doing business with you, but we do need to talk about what's trending, so we can do that too. Um, What's trending? You start. Okay. What's trending in your world? Well, what is trending in my world? Um, Well, first of all, I would just like to say that I am very much grieving the fact that my favorite TV show of this entire year was just canceled after one season. What show? It's called High Fidelity. Okay. It's this grunge Zoe Kravitz. You know her? You'd love her. Honestly, if I showed you a picture of her, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's dope. I love her. <laughs> she's, um, it's like set in New York City. It's kind of like this grunge music show. Huh. Loved it. Sounds up your alley. It is very much my whole alley. So. I'm, and it got canceled. Yeah. Hashtag canceled. I'm really wondering if it's because of COVID. I hope so. Um, I'm devastated about it. Mm. So. Unfortunately, that's trending. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. I read Jessica Simpson's book while I was back in Minnesota. Honestly, I got a lot of respect for the girl. <laughs> she, I've always had a lot of respect for her. I feel like she knows how to play the game. She has been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that girl was bullied. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad for her. <laughs> Like, some of the things, oh, it just, there's this one story where she's, like, talking about how she's, like, killing it um, on stage, and she's, like, just getting into the country realm, and she then looks on the internet, and people are just, like, tearing her apart for being, like, thicker than she normally is. And she didn't know. I mean, she thought she looked good. Oh and it, And she just, like, it just, like, wrecked her. And I just... People are terrible. I mean, they're just mean. <laughs> <laughs> and they were mean to Jessica Simpson. <laughs> But I just, I didn't realize how much of, like, her upbringing was, like, in the faith and, like, mm. very, like, very much so. So I actually really appreciated that book. Loved to hear about her relationship with Nick Lachey and John I, Mayer. That's the first thing I just thought of. Yeah. That um, got me at 15. It's an insider scoop, let me tell you. So, recommend it, honestly. Uh, I feel like I just was watching a show recently. Let me pull up my list. Oh, I've been watching Selling Sunset. Yeah. It's so the Oh, it's so good. The third season just came out. It's like an adult version of The Hills. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I mean, they have, there's this $40 million house. I need to show you it. It's unbelievable. I'm a sucker for a dope house. There is a, there's a 12 car garage. It's like a showroom. <laughs> there's like an infinity pool around the whole thing. I mean, incredible. Wow. It, uh, it's actually so unnecessary. I don't know why anybody would do that, but <laughs> really great. I did hear you talk about that one. 
So what about you? Um, you know, I'm reading a book. Oh, great. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Bailey Kurt. I think it was actually Bailey Kurt's recommendation. I'm trying to look for, for the author's name. But it is a book called Un- Unoffendable. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, you might have. Um, might need to read it. I, so I won't lie when I say <laughs> that there's like three or four people I continually think of when I'm reading this book. My jaw's John, on the ground. My husband is one of them. My jaw's on the ground. My husband is one of them. Who else? You're only going to say me. You're you another call, one, and I won't name the other yeah, ones. Yeah, you wouldn't call everybody else out. <laughs> Tell me And offline. most importantly, myself, of course. <laughs> um, the book is called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. I'm going to say it again. It's called Unoffendable. <laughs> She's saying it again. She wants so, you to pick it up. In, in a world where we are all living on the offense, it is actually such a good book. I have to say, I'm not like a really like legalistic person or even a rule follower, really, like by any means necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't think it was a book I really needed. I'm like, honestly, I just, I don't like judge. He kind of talked, he opens the book talking about like judging about how we can feel like we're so much better than others. And I'm I like, I totally know what you thought I about just, John. <laughs> yeah. Love him. Yeah. But- love him. But I've just heard you say <laughs> that before. So, but so I'm thinking about people like like they just are have always done the right thing their whole life, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, that is literally me and John. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I called you guys out. <laughs> so I didn't think I was gonna relate well to the book, but he does such a good job talking about like every different angle where offense comes in, even on the opposite. He starts that way, but then he even goes the opposite spectrum of like being offended by those people who have done their lives right the whole time and the like the way that we can even be offended by the opposite end of it he just does a really good job wrapping it all up um also my favorite style of writing because the chapters are about four pages each and i can just mm -hmm. get through it i gotta say i'm reading every word of this one it's a good one um and it's not written like leadership book where all the points are just summarized in the chapters it's just like three pages of i feel like i'm reading his diary or something those are the books i'll read all the way through because it's worth it to me so, Undefendable by Brant Hansen, Orange Book, really good, highly recommend, highly, highly recommend to all people in all places. Also trending, Shit's Creek. I am so into. <laughs> I'm, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that John and I just finished um, the series on Netflix. We don't want Yeah, I was going to say. We're looking for the sixth series. I hear that I can get it on Pop if I download the Pop app, but um, what is so the, I haven't tried that. What is that. the Pop app? Pop is like a st- platform. Streaming? I've literally never heard of it. Well, Shit's Creek is in Canada. I think it's based in Canada. Oh. Because Shit's Creek was filmed in Canada. Um, all the good things come from Canada. Justin Bieber, Drake, Shit's Creek, Canada. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, that summarizes it. So, Canada's the place to be. Um, Get me out of here. So hilarious. I, like, am not saying, you know, if you're, like, a sheltered person or you find offense quickly and... Maybe we start with the book. Maybe start and then with the book get and to then the go. TV show. It's not. It's really actually. I feel like that it could have been so much worse. I'm actually really impressed with how clean they did keep it for the most part. It's just like a, a comedy, but there's definitely elements to it that I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the most clean. So I will preface that. But gosh, there's some you know like what? how to life get away isn't. with murder. It's not life even... isn't the most clean. So <laughs> that's what I gotta say about that. It sure isn't. <laughs> Oh my god, joke so bad. <laughs> it's not the most clean, no. Um, but anyway, very opposite spectrums of recommendations. 
for the people, if you like kind of more comedy trash TV, Shit's Creek, I literally think Sunset, it's hilarious. Sell, selling Sunset is also trash. That's also trash. Um, but it's I expensive will, trash. I will preface this. You have to, like, get past the first, like, five episodes of Shit's Creek. At first, it's like, who are these people and what are they doing? And man, I once you learn the characters, past the first episode. yeah, I know. I've tried. No, you gotta, you gotta just like kind of watch the first. I'm not gonna. I don't five. want to. I'd rather watch a cooking show. <laughs> I'm not saying you because I know you won't. I'm talking to the people who are listening. <laughs> uh, understood. Continue. Um, if you can, oh gosh, just once you learn the characters, I think it's literally probably one of the funniest shows I've watched in my life outside of New Girl. Okay. The other thing I want to say, the other recommendation I want to throw out there that I yeah. just finished. I read three books while I was in Minnesota yeah, for a couple days. Um, the other book I read was Jen Hatmaker's new book. Oh, yeah. I actually want to read that. Man, I don't know another author that can speak so clearly to where I'm at, like, in a way that she does. I mean, she is so funny. So funny. There's this whole <laughs> chapter about, like, parenting, and she's talking about, like, the difference between, like, the first child and the last child and how like it's the first child like you're not leaving the house ever and by the last child it's like are you a junior or a senior i can't (laughs) really remember (laughs) and um i i've always wanted to write a book but i think always whenever i read her books i she always like there's one of her books where she intros her friends and she like literally talks about them for like paragraphs I think I'm at the point in my life where I want to write a book just so I can write those paragraphs. Because I remember reading it. On your friends? Yeah. I remember reading it and being like, I want to be able to talk about my friends in this way. Like, (laughs) this is awesome. Like, they sound so great. And I want to do that. I I know that the first book I write, I'm going to have the whole first section be introing my friends. I don't know how it's going to relate. Maybe the book will be about friendship Let's get your friends on the podcast and you can intro them. (sighs) Well, I... I'm working on it, but, you know, it t- takes some time. It does take some time. Some it takes a lot of scheduling, which we're which we're finding out. Uh-huh. So we do have some guest appearances coming at you soon. I but. think I think we hit a, a, a point in our last one that we tried to record that, hey, it doesn't always work to just wing it. <laughs> Sometimes you do have to plan. I think it's a great life lesson. Like, typically we do. We say what we're talking about and we just go. And then... Uh, I'm all about the planning in these things. I don't know if it's because I have to do that in my regular life, but we're here for it. Yeah. So. It's good. Jen, I really do want to read Jen Hatmaker's book. I love her. I don't, she has a lot of different viewpoints, but I have always loved her writing. Her Instagram captions even. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's hilarious. That's my only writing these days. Instagram Mm -hmm. captions. Once every. I don't even have that. Once every month and a half or so. Mine's like once every six months. I'm probably due for a new one soon. Me too. Don't have a picture to go with it, though. So. <laughs> I probably have pictures. I don't have the words to go with it yet. So, Well, now that we've just rambled for the last three <laughs> minutes, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon. We're going to talk about, like, dating and... Uh, women in leadership. Women in leadership. So going to have some more guest appearances. So yes. stick around. Good times. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you thought of today's episode by tagging us on social media. This is Trendish. We'll see you soon.